Hello, welcome to the Show Oshibeson podcast. Show Oshibeson is the lead pastor, Grace Made Christian Center, where we raise change agents. We do hope you'll be refreshed by God's word today. Happy listening. It's so good to be with you. You may be seated. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that I'm here, not through pictures, because I always see your pictures after service. You will know how to enjoy yourselves. The joy, the freedom, the liberty is palpable. And I'm glad that I'm here today. I'm, I'm really glad I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. Pastor Sheo and Pastor Sheo, thank you. I'm, I'm grateful. I don't take it for granted. I'm sounding like I'm speaking stadium. But yeah, stadium. Amen. Amen to that. Hallelujah. Thank you so much once again, Sanwa. I'm very grateful. It's so good to see you. It's so good to be with you. You see, my mind, my spirit was telling me to wear jersey. But I don't know. See, my hat is attached to my bag. I plan to wear a jersey and my face cap. So when I came and I saw everybody dressed down, I said, my girl, what happened? But I'm still okay, Abby. I'm not bad at all. Glory to God. Um, I, I Let me appreciate my husband. He's not here. But I must appreciate Pastor Dami Oluwatoimbo. Who's talking? People should allow me focus. Minister unto the Lord and the saints. Um, my husband has taught me a lot. When he met me, I was 18 years old. Yeah, and we started courting when I was 19. And I can tell, yes. I'm not saying she must go and do that or no. <laughs> In this generation, so many times she's 18, she wants to start cutting and marry. I tell you, Auntie, wait, Uncle, wait. Um, and we got married when I was 24, and I can tell you that the person, I can't, I know that person, but I can't relate with the person that I was and the person that I am now. And I really celebrate him a lot for that. Thank you, Pedams. Thank you. Um, I don't know, my heart just really feels warm this morning. I don't know whether not the worship song gonna sing. My heart just feels really fuzzy. I must appreciate Pastor Bimbo Dukoya. I must appreciate Pastor Kingsley and Pastor Mildred. Um, I was working in 9 to 5 for the longest time, but I knew that because of ministry, because of the children, at some point I knew I was going to resign. But I didn't even know I was going to do marriage counseling full time. Is this Anukoka? No, sorry, you look like someone I know, the lady in the shades. Um, I didn't know I was going to do this full time. I didn't even really see it as a business or business slash ministry. But I think about Pastor Bimba, I think about Pastor Mildred and Pastor Kingsley, and I thank God for what he's done with me over the last year and a few months. And I just thought to give them the credit that they are due. Amen. Glory to God. The pastor, sir, what's your name? Pastor Femi. Is he a pastor? I don't know why people like. He's not a pastor yet. Okay. Bruh, family. You don't collect work for my and finish now. You don't say everything where I want to say. That was so good. It was so good. As in facts. Facts only. So good. Facts only. It, it was. I mean, being a parent. Uh-uh, <laughs> Kende. What's going on? Good to see you. I know St. Nazar will be your area. 
That would be your area. Uh-huh. I saw the dance video you people did. Now you they front. They do like this. It's okay. Um, that was so good. Very solid points. And we must be super intentional. You know how the way believers these days say, your lifestyle will preach to them. Your lifestyle will preach to them. And there's a place for that. But from Jesus came and it was not lifestyle he used. Jesus was traveling from Jericho to Bethlehem to Egypt. To, I don't know if he went to Egypt, he was born there. He was traveling from place to place. Not be lifestyle. It wasn't just by dressing. It wasn't just by not talking when people are saying bad. You know some people say when some people... Sorry, this echo. When people are talking bad gist, you know, to me, I don't talk. They know I'm quiet. <laughs> Your quietness might be taken for consent a lot of times. So it's not just by lifestyle. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach. The word preach is not a silent word. It's a speaking word. And so you speak. It's not, oh, they will see my Instagram post. Yes, that's good. But who are you talking to one-to-one? Whose DM are you going into one-to-one? So you cannot assume that because you people do morning devotion, which is great, you cannot assume that because your children go to a Christian school, which is great, that your children are going to imbibe everything that is godly. And I love how he created the distinction between being morally upright and being spiritually upright. They're two different things. And I'm going to touch on that a bit in what I'm going to share. The Bible does not say he who is good will make heaven. It's he who is born again. They're two different things. So don't be like, I want to marry somebody. He's such a good guy. Can we stop saying that, by the way? It's actual rubbish. I was trying not to use the word rubbish. But it's actual rubbish. And you meet a girl or a guy you want to say, and say, the person is so nice, he's so good, he's even better than believing brothers in my church. You are dating a dead person. I don't care how nice the person is. The person has no eternal value, at least at that point. God loves the person. God wants the person to come up to, onto repentance. Well, if the trumpet sounds at this time, two of you are not going to the same place. As long as the person has had the chance to hear the gospel and has not given their lives to Christ. So as we hear, as we say often, niceness is not a fruit of the spirit. Being good is not, is not, is not. The Bible says only God is good. So if you are not good in God, you are not good. Hallelujah. Amen. So today we're talking about making your marriage and your relationship work. Making your marriage and your relationship work. My Father and my God, I thank you for a time like this. I thank you because you are always speaking. And so Father, we open up our ears, we open up our hearts, our spirit and our souls to receive your specific instruction for us in the name of Jesus. Help us not to ooh and ah and say preach and shout and jot many things down. But let those reactions and responses be translated into practical wisdom in our lives in the name of Jesus. That in our marriages, when we make decisions concerning our spouse, these reactions will reflect in the name of Jesus. That for the singles, when it's time to choose a spouse, the things that we have jotted down, the remas that we have received, will translate into practical wisdom. That we will not hear the words of God today and the birds of the air will come and pick them out even before we get to our next bus stop. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, finally, the brother that sang, Uncle Timmy's second. What's your name, sir? Taiwo. Very nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well done. 
All right, so it takes different things to make a relationship or a marriage work. Um, I will highlight some four or five basic points, but it takes many things. And the thing about it is that we must be growing in all of them consistently. We must be growing in all of them consistently. It's the consistency that is usually the issue. And so you meet someone and everything seems lovely and romantic and everybody's having a great time. And then you got, get married and this is what Pastor Kingsley refers to as emotional and intentional love. Everything is on autopilot when you are dating. And then you get maybe six months, one year into the relationship and you realize that a lot of things are not on auto anymore. And you get into marriage and you realize that when you were caught in, it was, oh my God, I can't wait to see you. When are you coming now? You said you're coming by seven. This is now 7.05. Where are you? I'm like, auntie, five minutes. And then you get married and it's like, he's supposed to come by seven. I beg, make traffic hold down. Let him come by eight. So I will see me a little bit. I will rest a little bit. Some things are not on auto anymore. So when you're caught in, it's just you and your partner. And then when you get married, you have the children, you have the bills, you have the ministry, you have friends, you have business, you have work, you have family, and the gap is getting wider. And before you know it, when you want to speak to your spouse, you have to look over all of these things. Babe, how far? I'm like, babies, are they far? And so if you're not intentional to bridge those gaps, you will realize that you're strangers living in the same house and you're calling on the name of Jesus. So the fact, and I tell people, the fact that God has said, this is a marriage ordained in heaven. God told you. Angels spoke to you. It's not a guarantee that that marriage will work. It's not. You know that you know that you know that you know that this is the bone of your bone and the flesh of your flesh. That is flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. You are certain. Yes, God has written it that this is your spouse. It's not a guarantee that the marriage will work. Because there, must, there are principles you must comply with consistently. Hallelujah. There's a lot to say. I can do this for three days. But let's stick to it because I have a timeline. And I'm also going back to my local church. And I want you to invite me again. All right. Number one, let's read Matthew 4, 18 in the Amplified Classic and TPT. I celebrate all the leaders. Mabe, you know, sorry. I celebrate everyone Every team lead, every HOD, every pastor, if or if or yet to be or soon to become, and every member. Thank you so much. All right. Um, amplified Classic, please. Do we have Amplified Classic? Do we? If not, I will just read Classic. Okay, let's read this. Maybe it can probably be the same. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he noticed two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, throwing a dragnet into the sea, for they were fishermen. Next verse, please. And he said to them, mm. so Amplified Classic says, follow me as disciples, letting me be your guide. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. 
And so my first point in making your marriage work, my first two points is actually from this scripture. Can we read the TPT as well? Matthew 4, 18 to 19. You're not sure? Okay. Less. All right. It says, as he was walking by the shore of Lake Galilee, Jesus noticed two fishermen who were brothers. One was nicknamed Kepha, later called Peter, and the other was Andrew, his brother. Watching as they were casting their nets into the water, Jesus called out to them and said, come and follow me and I will transform you into men who can catch people for God. Amen. Amen. The first point for me for today in making your marriage or relationship work is that you need to be made. You need to be made. And that buttresses the point that I said, a good person and a born-again person are two different people. Like my pastor would say, the reason you needed to become born again is that the first time you were born, you were not born right. You were born into sin. You were born a fallen man. And so you had to be born again. You literally had to become somebody else to follow Christ. And so in your marriage, you literally have to be made by God into a particular type of person. A particular type of person that your spouse will annoy you and you can still respond in love. A different type of person that you won't have a child for 10 years and you are still in love with your spouse. A different kind of person that when your spouse is emotionally unavailable to you, you are not going to seek comfort in the arms of somebody else. Another type of person that when situations arise, financial crises arise, you don't say, I'm tired of this. My father was not poor. I'm moving back to my father's house. My room is still there. You need to be changed into another kind of person. We're still going to come to mindsets. But another type of person that does not say for better, for stay, for worse, for go. Another type of person that says, eh -eh, I'm making money. My husband too is making money. What else are you bringing to the table? And you're shaking your head for your husband. You need to be changed into another type of person. Another type of person that even though you japa and you're not living in Canada, you now say, hey, we are all equals here. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to be throwing trash. Your food is in the fridge. Microwave it. Don't worry. I'm coming to where we are. You need to be changed into another type of person to understand that your cultural location does not change your kingdom orientation. You see, when you preach a gospel that can only be preached in Nigeria, you are not preaching the gospel of my Lord and Savior. When the gospel or the behavior cannot change because you are in somewhere where it's snowing, somewhere where you are wearing winter jackets, somewhere where you stand in front of mall and you snap picture, and you feel some ancient landmarks can be changed, we should, we should read that scripture. Then it's not the gospel of Christ. You were doing lip service to God before. You were lying. Or you were not fully grounded in Christ. Are we together? Because there are some women, they are not here in Jesus' name. They are just waiting that this suffer and suffering is because we're in Africa. By the time this visa click like this, don't body tell me nothing. You're not ready. And you're on the verge of losing your marriage. Glory to God. Let's read that scripture real quick. Gift, what's that my scripture? Proverbs 10, I always mix it up. 
The scripture that says, don't move back the ancient landmarks. Um, I'd like to read it in message and... Mm, okay. Gift, can you help me with that scripture? It's in Proverbs. Anyway, let me just paraphrase. The Bible says in message and TPT translation, it says, don't move back the ancient landmarks that your forefathers set in place. You get why? He said, this, this way, your forefathers avoided arguments, avoided disputes. Another, thank you so much. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you so much. God bless you. Don't stealthily move back the boundary lines staked out long ago by your ancestors. Do you know what it means to stealthily do something? What does it mean to stealthily do something? Sarah's turkey, sir. You need a mic? It says stealth. What does it mean of stealth? We don't know, sir. It's silent, um, very quiet. In a subtle, somebody said a word, sneakish way. That means, you can go to the next verse, please. You are using style, small, small. Back, uh, you are doing moonwalk. Back. What's the next verse? Is this it? No, this is not. This, everybody goes to this scripture first. It's not this one. It's Proverbs. It's in Proverbs 10. Never mind. This is fine. This is the main thing I need. The other version says, don't you dare move back those ancient landmarks just to benefit yourself. And is that not what we've done with marriage? Initially, it was man and man. God forbid. Initially, it was man and woman. <laughs> but now people are like, you marry who you love. Abby, it's who you love you marry now. <laughs> and then you love, you love who you marry. But now I say you marry who you love. So if I love a woman, I can. But we didn't get there at once. Small, small. Small, small. Small, small. <laughs> I'm come to mindset. It's a new table I've, I'm on. Small, small. We got to the point of Men and women are equal. Two of us gave birth to these children. So if I'm changing diaper in the night, you must change diaper in the night. If I'm feeding in the night, you must feed in the night. If I'm cooking, you must cook too. We've tried to make men and women so the same, all in the name of equality. And you need to ask yourselves that the more that we are going into the age and era of knowledge, and technology and wokeness why is it that the marriages are spoiling more and more something is wrong with the equation you know balance the bible says in the beginning it was not so i know we don't have a lot of time to expound on this but please just anyway i'm going ahead of myself we we'll still come to mindset but in case time don't finish by then make i just talk on now men and women are not the same they will we will never be the same no this and no peace Please don't hear me, don't get me wrong. I'm married to a fantastic man. My husband is super busy, but he's super available to the best of his ability. I was on a call yesterday for about three and a half hours, and I told him, I said, when my husband comes, I know what exactly what he's going to do. He's going to come directly into the office I'm in. He's going to give me a kiss, and he's going to say hello to all of you on this call. And that was exactly what happened. I said, the next thing, he's going to go upstairs and carry the children. And that is exactly what happened. 
This is a man who is available. This is a man who will do school runs. This is a man who will bath his children. <sighs> but it doesn't come to him naturally all the time. There are exceptions to the rule. I know that. But okay, let's do the let's do the analysis, analysis here. Don't lie. Don't form. If your girlfriend is here, don't be afraid to put up your hand because she will now say, "Yeah." So you will not, men, especially the older men here, sir. Does it come naturally to you to consistently want to check on the babies in the night? Have they peed on the bed? What are they? Ha <laughs> your first was saying, huh? Have they, have, they, have, they, have they finished their homework? Did they write their dates on the homework? The one you told me to do is 2 plus 2. I told you the answer is so Which one is, did he write dates or not? Does it come to you naturally to want to know what the timetable of the house is? Morning, afternoon, night. No, we, need, we don't have enough veggies on the timetable. We need to add more protein. Does it come to you naturally to consistently want to do that? If it comes to you naturally to be thinking about that, the decor, I think pastel will work in this place of the house. And then we do burgundy on this side. And then we have some throw pillows. Left to men, the same furniture from when you got married. Is what they will use. Because they say, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? Then you will now bring them furniture and say 500,000. For what? For table and chair. So please, men, if it comes to you naturally to want to do all these things, please put up your hand. Ladies, see your husbands. It's the reality. So when we start getting to that point of you must, it's so of us that give birth to the children, so you must be responsible for them. It's not, it's not because they want to be wicked or they are irresponsible. Some things are not. Have you not seen a situation whereby the mother has gone to work, the child has been with the, the father or a baby, at least baby, like newborn baby, six weeks, three months, something like that. And the mother walks into the room and the baby starts crying or hears the mother's voice and the baby starts crying. Is that one a, a male patriarchy? Because people will say patriarchy, patriarchy. Is that one who taught the baby patriarchy at three months when they heard the mother's voice? There are times that the daddy even wants to carry the child, help the child. Say, no, I want my mommy. You in the, mommy, I want Milo. Mommy, Ronel beats me. Mommy, my teacher said, I said, see your daddy there. They will walk past the daddy like this. It's not because they don't love their father. But there's something about it. Don't move back the ancient landmarks. So point one is there's a person you need to be made into. There's a person you need to be made into. Um, let's have a message translation of um, Matthew 19. The part where it says it takes a certain kind of grace and aptitude to be married. Matthew 19. Message translation. Let's read that quickly. Are we getting blessed? It's only like choir people. All right. Okay. So that should be verse hmm, 11 to 12. 11 to 12. Thank you. But Jesus said, not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. Not everyone. So there's some things I see some people dragging in marriage. I'm like, you're not ready. Some rights you are insisting on having in marriage. You're not ready. I'm right. The argument, I must win it. I'm right and you're wrong. Don't tell me that. You're not ready. When I have 10 million is when I can marry. You're not ready. 
Because you know, especially with the way our economy is, as you make that 10 million pack up like this, two minutes later, your tire don't bust. Your mechanic tell you that something that's making crank, crank, crank in your car is 250,000 naira. And the minute you remove one naira from 10 million naira, you are no longer a 10 millionaire. There's a certain kind of maturity to live a married life. It requires what? A certain aptitude and grace. Marriage is not for everyone. When it says aptitude, aptitude is not spiritual knowledge. That one self deal. Aptitude is sense. Aptitude is competence. Aptitude is principles, is intelligence. Aptitude is, you did verbal reasoning, quantitative aptitude, quantitative reasoning in school. The one day, man, mental mass, 5 plus 2 times 10 raised to the power 5 equals, give me the answer in 2 minutes. I used to fill that one fully. That's what aptitude is. Deductive reasoning, people that did GMAT. If a train is traveling at the speed of kilometers to the left, how many kilometers is it going to the right? Uh-huh. Aptitude. It takes a certain kind of reasoning. It's not the same kind of reasoning in your engineering office. Where you are see-he-ho, see, according to J-O-E, she-he-ho. It's not the same. That you are a wonderful singer, sir. It not be the harmony where they work for you, go work for your marriage. Sir, ma, you know this better than me. You are a pastor. It's not the same. Your, your congregation, they're shouting, Oh, preaching pastor. Your wife is like, Sir, don't do that one for me. Yeah. You are not, you are not, I'm not failing you in this regard. I'm not. Because the emotional availability, for example, that a wife needs is different from the kind of emotional availability congregation needs. Max, I sit with you for one hour, and I hope nobody does that, except it's really, really critical. You should not sit with your pastor for one hour. Wait till you All the message we preach, no one answer your question. All the YouTube online, all the free message, no one. Your pastor is that bad? Is he that bad? I mean, I know it's very great. Pastors also have a life. We are also actually very busy. <laughs> Glory to God. Yes. So I don't forget the points where they make now. Oh, my father. Aptitude. Hey, emotional availability. So maximum I talk to you one hour. Let's even say one hour. And I'm done. I pray for you. I really believe in faith. I'm done. But I'm living with my wife for the rest of my life. If she needs more than one hour, she needs to get it. And that one hour is not just talking. Because when women say they want to talk, our talking is different. Chibi, you, you are talking about one thing. Your wife is talking about this, that, this. Meanwhile, we are coming here. You have to hold hands. You have to watch movie. You have to be intimate. Different things inside that emotional availability. Rub my back. Touch my back. Remember what you did last week. Apologize for it. Tell me. Let me know you understand why you did what you did and how you are not going to do it again. What you need me to do to help you not to do it again. A certain type of aptitude. Thank you. A certain, a certain type of aptitude and maturity. And please, the scripture, please. We're not done yet. Thank you. Um, marriage isn't for everyone. And uh-huh. the next verse. 
Some from birth seemingly never give marriage a thought. Others never get asked or accepted. This is another message for another day. And some decide not to get married for kingdom reasons. But if you are capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, do it. So it's a growing and marriage is large. So people are complaining about your work. At least now one thing you they face. Marriage is large. There are so many. That's why I tell my husband, I don't envy you. Thank God that it was not made a man. I guess he would have given me the grace for it, but I don't envy. And that's a different message for another day. It's a largeness. So much to say. Let's go to the next point. The next point is you must follow. You must follow the one who has made you or who is making you. It's a commitment. You must be committed to your relationship and committed to your marriage. And I wrote here, sticking to the discipleship program. The root word for discipleship is what? Discipline. Pastor, no one may you answer. We already answered. I've already echoed it. The root word for discipleship is discipline. And a lot of believers do not like discipline. We don't. Human beings in general, let's start with that. But most so believers, if we are being honest, the moment you are uncomfortable in church, you've changed church. Not here in Jesus' name. The moment your team lead speaks to you, who do you think you are? We are all children of God. And I understand that and I agree with that, but there's hierarchy for a reason. And if you do something bad, you, do some, you don't do something bad now. It needs to be corrected. The Bible says in the book of Timothy, the word of God is for what? For exhortation, for reproof, for correction, for rebuke, for training in righteousness. That's what the word of God is. And it goes further to say that so that um, the, child, the man of God might be complete for every good work. In other words, if you have not been rebuked and trained and corrected, you are not ready for good works. So it's part of the package. It is part of the package. So you must be disciplined. You must be committed to the discipline um, process. If God is telling you, keep quiet, take it, that's not the time to show yourself. Discipline, self-control. We're talking about premarital sex. And it's interesting how even believers, committed believers... It says just once in a while. I'm like, does that make it any better? And I'm not saying people who have done it before, that's the end. No, we move forward. But it's not like we are dating for two years. So in the calendar, every six weeks, we can do it. The remaining four weeks in between is enough for Holy Spirit to forgive us. You schedule it. The six weeks in between is enough for you to get more spiritual fire that will burn out the sin you committed before. You must be committed to the process. It's not every time in marriage that everything is hunky-dory or in your relationship, everything is sweet. And I hope we've heard this said before. Because you feel like there's something wrong in your relationship or your marriage doesn't mean you have married the wrong person. It might just mean you are applying the wrong principles or the right principles the wrong way. Everybody has conflicts. But you must stay through the process. You must stay through the process. If you go into your marriage thinking that if you just do pass like this, I'm out. 
you will find a way to go out. You will. But if you go into the marriage with everywhere, door, window, key, we are here. Of course, I'm not saying there are no extreme situations where unfortunately you might have to leave. But you don't go into the marriage with the mindset that if this thing, you're, mm, I'm going, you're already giving room for the devil. And we'll come to that in the next point. You must stay committed. You know how it is when your GPS is leading you and you're like, oh, more this thing don't they carry me, they go where I don't know. And you're saying, are cars passing in this place? Do people live in this place? What is going on? Everywhere is quiet. No sign, nothing, no sign of life. And then eventually you hear, you have arrived. And really and truly, you have arrived. That's the place. But it looked very unfamiliar to you. But you were trusting Google Maps because left to you, you don't know where you did go. And that's how we can be sometimes in a relationship on marriage. That God, your word is saying I should do this. Your word is saying I should treat my spouse like this. Your word is saying I should respond to this situation like this. But my spouse knows the year word. You, the year word, follow. And so sometimes you realize that you are doing the right thing, even if your spouse is not doing the right thing, and then you end up in the right location. If you are committed to the process. Hallelujah. Number, the next point. Marry the right person for the right reasons under the right God. You must marry, for the right, marry the right person for the right reasons under the right God. There's so much to say here that I cannot really go into. But when you're married to the right person, it makes it easier to deal with circumstances and situations when they come. So take, take your time and get to know. Take your time and get to know. I find it a bit funny when people who have met for six months are planning a wedding. I feel very uneasy. I feel very uneasy when people have been in a long-distance relationship throughout their relationship and they tell me they're getting married. I'm very worried because to me, you don't know that person. You don't know the person. And by the time you get married and start living in the same house, you realize that you are starting from day one. And fine, the marriage can work, but it will, it will take a lot more than it would have normally. Oof. And I wrote under the right God, because some people, they don't marry, it's not this God that married them. It's the God of your belly. It's the God of your finances. It's the God of my biological clock. It's the clock of, oh, I'm going into politics. People respect men better when they are married. People marry for all sorts of reasons. And you know, because people marry for reasons that are different from God, it gives them more reasons to leave even when God has not told them to leave. Let me jump to an extreme. For me as a believer, when I got married, I have my court papers, but it's not my government that married me. So what happens with a divorce, especially in um, other countries, the state divorces you. You go to a court and the state listens to your matter and they can now give you a certificate of divorce. But for me as a believer, the state did not marry me. And so except God has agreed to this divorce, we're not going anywhere. And this is why you must marry the right person. Somebody that is a true believer whose whole personality whose whole opinions and decisions are hinged on Christ. Not just in some areas, but in all areas. It's not a joke. Don't marry somebody who is a believer when they are doing special programs. 
Don't marry somebody who is a believer only to show up for choir rehearsals. Don't do it. Don't marry somebody who is only a believer when they are doing family harvest at the end of the year and then they go to their family Anglican church and then they go and eat rice and chicken in family house. Don't do it. Don't marry someone who just gave their lives to Christ three months ago. Even if you feel that's the person for you, let them grow over time. Otherwise, the person will fall your hand so bad. Ladies, don't marry a man who cannot pray. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I'm not saying he must be scabashing and loud and as passionate as you are, but he must be praying daily, doing devotions daily, hearing from the Spirit of God daily, telling you what he heard from God daily. He must. It's non-negotiable. I'm shouting now. Because when people come to me and say, oh, they make such a cute couple. I say, not to me. They look ugly because their spirit is ugly. So it's not everybody, all of your friends that get married, like, oh, they are so cute and you're buying Ashwabi and you are dancing. What are you dancing for? You should be crying. Do not marry a man who cannot lead your family spiritually. Don't. I'm shouting now. Don't do it. I'm shouting at the women. I'm not shouting at the men. Amen. I'm shouting at my sisters. Because now we go still decide. You will decide who you will get married to. I say it all the time. I don't believe in the cultural saying that, that na woman they keep house. <laughs> Pastor Shev, <laughs> hey, Pastor Shev, my sister. I don't believe in that thing. Because our aunties and our grandmas tell us you are going to your husband's house, just no saying na woman they keep house. So not be woman, they keep house. Can I come down? Can I come down? I'm not coming down in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going higher. I'm bouncing in the Lord. It's God that is keeping that home. Under the guardians of the man. The Bible calls God, Jesus our what? Our master builder. And if the man is the representative of Christ in that home. Oh God, you are the master builder of the home. So you will pray. You will study. You will teach me. We are the builders because the scripture that women used to defend them build the builders is a wise woman builds her home. Yes, but who they give you raw material? Where be your cement factory? Where are you building from? Every woman wants to be led. I don't care. CEO, MD, business entrepreneur, mogul. Every woman wants to be led. It's the natural order of God. Because the first person that Adam had in, um, in, in intimacy with was God. But the first person that Eve had relationship with was Adam. So what should we do? What did God say this thing is? What did, what did you name this animal? Okay, what part of the garden is this? Oh wow, so this, this place. Oh, this place is called Eden. She was receiving instruction from my husband. So if you are marrying a man who is dense in the spirit, you are in trouble. Don't do it. <laughs> I hope cold is catching you or heat. Anyone. Anyone is good because then you will do something about it. You know when you are very cold, you will look for sweater. When you are very hot, you will look for fan or cold water. So whichever one you are feeling, I'm alright by it as long as you are doing something. It's here because the tears, the premium tears, Pro Max. Hmm. 
Let me stop there. Let me not talk again. I think the point has been passed across. Glory to God. I'll just take one more point. I won't do the last one and we move. I like how my washman is calling me at this time to wash my car when I don't enter two services. I just saw Miss call from him. It's okay. <clears throat> the last thing I'll say, I've very touched on it. Women want leadership and security. Let me be coming down so that I know I'm finished. Women want security. And this is the whole leadership thing. When I'm in marriage counseling classes, one of the questions I ask them, what's the role of a husband? And of course, they always say, to lead, to love, to provide. I said, okay, what is he providing? We're not, um, um, actually, provide finances. Then we have to start thinking. Because a lot of times, we just thought provide. And like we rightly said, yes, women are working now. We have money, so it cannot just be money. What else are you providing? Guidance, stability, prospects of the future, protection. What are you? And this is a question women go and do the assignment to. What do you want your husband to provide for you? What are you saying I do to? Tell the husband is to lead. Lead what? How do you want to be led? How does the man himself lead? Can you submit to that kind of leadership? We always say that children are different. Wives are also different. The same way you say, oh, this child is more kinesthetic. He likes hands-on activities. This one is more verbal. <laughs> right. This one is more verbal. Um, let's talk to him. The same way wives are different too. Human beings are different in general. I was giving an example yesterday. My husband is a very big picture person. Vision. One billion souls. We are moving to the island. We are doing this. He just, now that's his own. Me and I'm like, Eskisa. So when? Where? Who? What? Why? My husband, his love language is acts of service. My love language is affirmation and quality time. So my husband is, you know, you see all the things I have to do. Help me now. I'm like, sir, give me number one, number two, number three, number four. And I will do it before the day is over. So he had to learn that. He had to give me bullet points. That's how I learn. Because I'm a very meticulous person. If everything is just all over the place, I can't think. That's why if I go into my room, if I come back from church anywhere, midnight, and my house is scattered, I can't sleep. I will arrange and arrange. I will wash all the plates till so there's no plates in the sink. I'm tired. As my back is paining me, that's how I am. But like Pastor Kingsley would say, men, they're not wasting concern them. Just clear the thing where they are. Anywhere head fall, we lie down and sleep. We think concerned me concerned newspaper day in my bed. When I met my husband, bottles by his bed, books, computer, newspaper. I said, okay, what's all this thing doing? That's, that's where the oil the, is working. I'm like, what's all this? If you go to our room, you can know whose bedside is whose bedside. My husband has a small kitchenette by his bedside. He has Bibles by his bedside, books that he has bought. That I said, oh, Papa, you're not going to read this book this week. Why is this book here? Don't worry, just leave it, leave it. Dif different things, toothpick, different things by his bedside. I said, you can need anything anytime. So I don't need to go and start looking for anything right there. I said, they say shop. So you need to ask yourself, how do I want to be led? What do I want this man to provide? What do I need? Provision means that there's something I need. What do I need? These are critical questions. A man, what does he need? Support, be involved with his work, peace and sex. 
those four things, eh? How does the Bible say it? This is the whole duty of man. This is the beginning and the end of men. Support him. He wants to feel support. I tell women, the fastest way to get to a man is to be involved with his work. Oh my goodness. Especially if you are married to a, a power man, a man of vision. Even if he's not big like that yet. Enter that his work. Babe, what are you working on? What's this proposal? Uh -uh, this design you made, babe, give me two minutes. I think I can do something better. Do it. Babe, you're working on this project. I pray this is what the Lord showed me. You are involved with his work. See, that man will love you. And I tell people all the time, I think I should stop sharing this, saying this thing. Said. This is why one of the reasons I'm not afraid of side chicks. I'm not. Because the work where they do, you know, feet do them. I promise you. Have you passed share with their feet? They know feet do them. Side chicks, they are here for money and they are here, here today and gone tomorrow like the lilies of the earth. They can't do it. They don't have staying power. And my husband is not interested in such. So he cannot be interested in them. So anybody, wait. They enter in eye. I be no where they, they where in they enter their eye. Your eye will just be paying you. Because nothing for you. Because I'm I mean I'm not even there yet. But I'm so engrossed in his work. It's one of the reasons I resigned my nine to five. And this is part of the maturity of marriage. It's not for everybody. It's part of the reason I resigned my nine to five. Because I must be inside this work. I cannot be in my house. And my husband is talking about every other person that is serving in ministry. I mean I they work. Ah no, 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 no. For the growth, I know that, you see, just think about it generally. When you see couples working together in ministry or in any other thing, there's an extra oil, extra something. Some of you, you are in this church because Pastor Shewin is here. The female Pastor Shewin is here. Some people, you like people like the earrings because, wow, there's something about them. Some of you like Pastor Kingston and Pastor Mildred, wow, there's just something about them. There is, you, sometimes you cannot even really explain it, but there's something about Power, a couple working together to support the man or give the man peace not that as a man is coming oh babe generator oil, oil has finished oh it's happen when you give birth to your baby every conversation is about baby ah yesterday genius smiled ah yesterday genius pampas finished oh ah junior said his first word today wait see before junior was i was after junior will be i always will be what is going on everything is now about junior again because mothers are naturally inclined to their babies the mother has had a nine-month relationship with this baby before the man came. The man is just getting to know the baby. You, you are ancient of days with the baby already. And so you just take that natural thing of the baby and start pouring it on him. And the guy is like, how far? My boobs are gone. The sex skinny is gone for at least six weeks. You are still talking about Junior on top of all of that again. So give the man peace. One of the greatest desires of a man is peace. That's why when you say... You are talking, you are talking, he's like, what is it? Just, I've said sorry. It's okay. Men don't like stress. Abby? Yes. Don't be calling me hundred times, going back to the same issue all the time. <laughs> Someone's giving me a minute, but going over the same issue all over again. Today, I thought it's your grandma in the village. Tomorrow is your, your daughter-in-law. I don't know how you have daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law in Asaba. What is it? What have I done again? Don't stress the man. And when you are married, when you are married, good sex. I will not talk much about this. But I must say this. Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't, but I will not say it. I lie oh. <laughs> like a bicycle. What do you say? I. 
men are married, first of all. Just say it, say it, say it. Ah, ah, now why? Is it swift? Okay. <laughs> How many people are engaged? Soon to be married. Men. Soon. Ah, we need to conduct more weddings. All right. Soon to come. We need, we need more weddings. You see, let me say this vulnerably. And I can see cameras all over now. But let me say, it's just the truth. Even in the, the recent years of my marriage, and I mean, you think I say everybody should be quiet. Let's hear this. That's how now they shout, you know, no, now you say you should be quiet. Even in the last, I mean, sex keeps getting better on and off, I won't lie. But even just in the last six months, it's been a game changer. I don't really know how to explain it. So this whole issue of the woman, I, I told him, I woke up one morning and I said to my husband, I said, my oldest son is six years old. Do you know that for six years, I've been waking up every night in this marriage, either to change diapers or when they were off diapers, to take them to the toilet at least two, three times in the night to ensure they don't pee on the bed. I said, I'm tired. I need you to help. I know my husband, eh, he says anything he does, he does it well. When he sleeps, Those of you that have babies, auntie, how's your husband doing when baby is crying in the night? These are your husbands I'm talking about, not just my own. Generally, again, I know there are exceptions. Just know, so when you, we can have conversation, but when you start fighting, you are dealing with the right thing in the wrong way. It's not only your husband, it's all of us husbands. And we are all still inside the house calling on the name of the Lord. So why you want to come out your own house, deny Jesus? He was. He will sleep. Baby will be crying. And sometimes I will intentionally not wake up. That I, oh, by the time the baby has cried for like two minutes, he go yeah. <laughs> I said before my baby's lungs we cut. Let me go and meet my baby. Sometimes I'm like, ah, ah. no, he should know that changing mattress, changing bedsheet every day is not easy. Now who go they buy soap all the time? Who go they put wash? Ah, ah. He said, let them pee. If they pee, they will learn that when they are wet, they will not pee again. I said, which kind of reasoning be this for God's sake? They play as in, <laughs> as in <laughs> so again. My guy, my husband is trying. I said, for that day, I could not take it again. I mean, he tries in between, but you know, the last like China food. And when he does it, I mean, he does it from his heart happy. But I said, babe, I'm tired. I really need you to. I don't mind doing waking up once, but you wake up twice. You are the one that even sleeps late into the night. You know what I'm saying? But the reason I sleep late into the night, that's the more reason that you should allow me to sleep. I say, dear, please, mm -mm, this is your cross. Just help me carry it. And so he started doing that. And I mean, even the last six weeks to six months, he started doing that consistently. So every time my nanny is not around, he's bathing the children consistently. And do you know that that changed the sex game? And I didn't even know that sometimes I was tired to have sex because I was waking up in the night. I didn't even know. And then sex went from like 60 to 110 or more. As in, just that small adjustment. And you know what my husband said to me? My husband said to me, I thought you enjoyed doing it. And he wasn't saying it from a wicked place. Because I told you I'm very organized. Before, you, my house is tidy. People say, hey, we don't even know you have children. I say, I don't want you to know. They should go and scatter upstairs if they want. My living room should be neat. My kitchen, neat. I'm like that. My husband said one of the reasons he married me because he saw I was very organized. So he said, I thought you enjoyed it. And I told him that, yes, I do. But it doesn't mean I want to do it all the time. 
because it gets me tired. And then he relieved me of that. And then it's been amazing. And I can see he's happier, happier to bless me. And the more he's blessing me financially, materially, spiritually. <laughs> My husband bought me a nice birthday present. <laughs> Somebody said nice. <laughs> a nice one. Birthday present. You know the presents now. Nice. Because something shifted. I mean, he would have bought it all, but the joy now. Sex is such a big deal for, for men. It's a big, I cannot emphasize it. It's not marriage seminar. I cannot emphasize it. So with these few points of mine, I hope I'm able to convince you that you need to be made into a certain kind of person to be ready for marriage. There's a certain aptitude and a certain grace that you need to ask for. Don't succumb to the mindset of woke nation. Don't succumb to the mindset of the 21st century. There are ancient landmarks that should not be shifted. The way Bukola is telling you, oh, I don't even take this from my husband. You see, you're going to tell your husband, I'm not even going to take this from you. You are pushing yourself out of your home. What God has ordained and what your family says, this is what your, your husband says, this is how our family is doing it. You discuss under God and you align. If your husband says, Save me, Kalabash, and save me my dinner by myself, don't say, Who does that? That is so 1997. You better serve him the food, except you agreed before marriage that you are not serving food. Then you will not decide. Don't do it. I'm in counseling, I know. The people shouting on the streets, they're inside our office. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even lying. I'm not kidding you. The people shouting on the streets are in our office because they are looking for husband or they've destroyed their own and they want you to help them. So don't follow them. Everything you hear online is not true. God bless you. Said, neighbor, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can we celebrate Pastor Toju well, with their church at King's um, for their second service? So she has to be out of this place by 11. But she's on Instagram at Toju Oluatoyimbo Global. So you can follow her, slide into her DM, ask questions. All right. And she'll, I'm sure she'll be glad to. Um, to answer your question. So we take three questions. Please make it very, very um, simple and sensible. Yeah, so, so there are some questions that I don't even want to hear. We don't have time for that. You know, your husband is beating you. Should you leave? <laughs> Alright, so we take the first question. Who is going first? Just raise your hand if you have what Taking three. All right, so we have right. one person. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I want to confirm because I have this um, question that's been in my heart. So um, I think that when I get married, I want to try and do it that the first two years of my marriage, I don't want to have a child. I, don't have, I, don't, I want to um, enjoy my wife. Like, let's get close before we invite the, the child. Now, but then there's this, there's this worry from, I just, for this worry that says, okay, what if it's not time to um, have a child and uh, maybe you have people that surround you that and you realize that they did that and it was late before they took in. I understand that, yes, I'm the, uh, like I trust God, but how do I manage that? And expect the pressure from the family and how for you to actually um, take in your wife and everything. So how do you balance that? Thank okay. You. 
A couple of things. If you decide you want to do two years, hope your wife also wants two years as well. And if you both want that, that's fine. Is, is, is your marriage. Anybody that asks, ah, keep praying for us, trust God, don't worry, it's coming. You don't owe anybody any strong shalayin explanation, right? Um, if the child is not coming later, or if the child is not coming when you decide to have the child, it's not necessarily because of age. A lot of people think that when you're in your 30s, then it's harder to get pregnant. Not necessarily. You need to do medical checks and men have, know your medical facts. I have an auntie who was 42 when she had her first child. It wasn't particularly difficult, right? So you need to find out, you need to do checks. And when I do my counseling, this is one of the questions I ask. I have a session called Answering Difficult Questions. Have you done checks? A lot of believers get married and they, do, they don't do medical checks. The only thing they do is pregnancy and HIV. You don't check your prostatin, prostatogen levels. You don't check your oval, um, your ovulation, how often you ovulate. You don't check if you are secreting all the hormones that aid childbearing. They don't check that, but there are tests to check these things. You don't, you don't check sperm counts. You don't, you don't check, you're just going by faith. And nobody's saying don't go in by faith because the whole of life and marriage is a faith project. But yeah. check these things at least to know where you are and what you are dealing with, if you are dealing with anything. And if the doctor now checks and everything is fine, then you continue your life in grace and glory. You continue to have faith for that just as you have faith for everything else and enjoy your life. The truth about it is even if you... I know this is another thing I was going to say. If you want to make your marriage work, if you have a lot of reasons why you've married your spouse, and this sounds contradictory, if you have a lot of reasons why you've married your spouse, the day those reasons are not there, you may feel like you've married the wrong person. So when I ask people, why do you marry this person? He's nice, he's caring, he's been a good friend. I say, so what happens the day he's not nice, he's not caring, and he stops being a good friend? How will you keep that marriage? It was Miles Monroe that first opened my eyes to that, that there is no scripture that tells us why Jesus loves us. There's no scripture like that. He's committed to loving us. And so, and also, I'm not saying your spouse should go bad on you, but if there are seasons protracted or short, where those things that make you love your spouse cease, what are you going to do? That's when we know what you're really made of, if you have that aptitude and maturity for marriage, right? So even if that's not happening, that's not enough reason for you not to enjoy your marriage or fulfill your marriage. Amen? Amen. All right, thank you. Please take your seat. So we have a question written. Do we, do we have it? Can we have it? All right. So we're going to take another question. So please let me see your hand if you have a question. You want to ask your question. Raise your hand up. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, a quick one. Um, I don't know. How do you? Probably you're a, you're a visionary. Like you, you're this kind of person. You have a lot of vision. You have a lot of things you want to accomplish and. Obviously, you want to do it alongside which person you want to spend the rest of your life with. So, and, you know, this keeps burning in you. This is what I want to do. Like, I do see pastor. I see him as a visionary. He knows what he wants to do. Yes, sir. He knows what he wants to become. He knows how to maneuver everything. He always said that the way he married his wife is more so future of me funny. That was the way he married. Absolutely. According to him, So, what's your <laughs> so, so, it was just more of like, that was the code. So, that's the kind of code I'm trying to press now, you understand? Okay. So how do you get to let your partner be on the same train with you? Like, this is the vision, this is what we're going for, then let's go for it. 
How do you do that? Powerful question. All right, Sergio. You support me in this one because now they paint Bishop for us. <laughs> First of all, you can't, you can't make them be on the same page with you. They either are or they are not. Yeah. Right? But of course, a lot has to do with you. First of all, before you even begin to paint vision to somebody, you must have seen similar pathway in that person. Yeah. Because you can't go and be painting vision of vision, um, of building kingdoms, taking territories to slay queen. <laughs> it does not Woo! make a sense. She don't understand what you are talking about. Yeah. Show me the now. money is our own. Yeah. So and you know, sometimes some <laughs> men say. <serve>, <laughs> Yes, you want your wife to be beautiful and kinny, but we can build that one. You can build godly slay queen. You can build her. That's a diff topic for a different day. Some men, I don't understand. You people are going to be looking for the one way no consign you. And you say all oh, these girls of nowadays, they are summer. Because you are looking for girls of nowadays, you need to be looking for girl of future. Mm. Do you understand? Mm. Don't be looking for a girl of nowadays. That's not the person you need. You need girl of the future. So you also need to be very intelligent. <laughs> you need to be very intelligent, spiritually and intellectually, to be able to discern this kind of person. That the way this girl is going, does she look like she's going towards my streets, towards my states, towards my country, towards my continent, right? And then you begin to paint the vision, and then you are dropping it small, small. Not the one that you're going to bring your old blueprint of 10 years and drop no. You're going to paint and listen to her responses. Yeah. Is it checking out? Then check her own life as well. Is she making certain moves that are, ah, this girl is not living for this time. She's seeing something that is ahead. And then you are praying about it. And the Bible says you'll hear the voice that says this is the way to go. I'm not saying God will drop name in your heart. Oh, please, I'm not saying that. Well, he can lead you. And then you now say, okay, this person looks like it. Then you begin to paint. Women, we receive love by what we hear. This is why playboys get the best girls. Mm. It's why playboys get the best girls. The best girls, in quotes. quotes yeah. Because we are moved by what we hear. And so when you paint a picture and you can show us how we are going to be in that picture, and uh -uh, we want the frame to sit well now. We want to show you our good side. We will help you paint the picture. We will frame it. We will laminate it. We'll give you extra <laughs> color. But yeah. gauge the girl first. Thank you, can we? That was well answered. I'm not sure I need to add that. And we have a question here. It says, we got married and my husband has not been committed to me sexually, but I found out he has been paying for sex. Oh, Kindly wow. advice. Oh, wow. That's really painful and that's really upsetting. This kind of questions, you always need to ask the before questions. Yeah. And we don't have the opportunity to ask, how did you people get married? Were you people having sex together before you got married? Did, did he have a past of cheating or promiscuity? Or um, was he always asking for sex when you were cutting and you were like, no, I'm keeping myself for God, I'm keeping myself for God. And he eventually kept himself for you till married. But all the while he was asking you for sex, what was the, cult, the sex culture of the relationship before the marriage, right? right. Um, and these are other things you should do before you get married. In counseling, and that's why church counseling is good, but I also like one-to-one -one counseling because they're not just love languages, they're sex languages. Yeah. People have different sex languages. People want everything, as in variety, buffet of sex. Other people, once a week is okay for me. That's not going to be a good marriage, right? So there are different questions to ask. So now that he's paying for sex, if you don't feel you can talk to him, first of all, because that's the first option, 
talk, have discussions of the why. Do you feel like you are lacking something? Do you want me to improve on something? Yeah. Do you want me to improve on the frequency of sex, the intensity of sex, yeah. the dressing of sex, or the daytime, day or night, the time of sex? Is this something I can do or what? And um, if he's not responding to that, you need to get a third party awesome. in. Somebody that he knows and respects, not just somebody that always fights for you. A woman at that. Preferably a man. A man who he likes, respects, and listens to. Um, do I think you should be having sex with him in this period? I would personally say no. Because you don't know where he's coming from, what he has or what he doesn't have. If you feel I want to satisfy my husband, I can use condom to each his own. Feel free and do that. If you also feel that will help you make the marriage better, all well and good. And of course, you should definitely pray about him because there's a spirit at work in him. There's an unclean spirit at work in him. And you need to pray that demon out. All right. Thank you for that. Please take your seats out. So we're going to take two more questions. One I would read and then the other somebody would ask. Who is that person? That's, so ah, so okay. that, that's, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. please. So we, we are going to, this question says, I was diagnosed with multiple fibroids at age 23. Now I am 25 and I'm under pressure to get married, to start having children. And it doesn't, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen soon because I'm not seeing anyone yet. How mm. do I handle this pressure? Okay. Um, a couple of things. I don't know what doctors you've been to and what they've told you if they can remove it yet or they cannot remove it yet. My own kidney is I don't like Wala. Let's remove the thing. Right? But if you feel, okay, maybe it's too expensive, you don't have the funds yet, or they've said it's dangerous, or they said one thing, one thing, they've given you medical reasons, it cannot happen. That one too is still, well, okay for now. Do not because of fibroid. Like, what's the relationship between fibroid and marriage? So that you can have children. Which comes back to his question. Wrong reasons why. The essence for marriage is not so that you can have children. I'm going to say that again. The core, yeah, don't worry. I'm going to balance myself out. The core essence of marriage is not to have children. Otherwise, the madman on the road with seven children should be married. Otherwise, the people who have been married for 17 years without children should not make heaven. So don't do that to yourself. I know you people know her now, Pastor Emisi Olabi. Yeah. My very good friend. She's been married all going on seven years. No children. If anybody should have child in this world, it should be missing. Yeah. And she's spoken about this publicly, so I can speak about it. Yeah. And you'll not be thinking that, ah, how far, God? Mm. What has she not done? Waiting she do? Waiting they fall? Nothing. She's, nothing is wrong with her. And if it's by that, she should, is it that she will not now do her prayer meetings? She will not now do when friends pray? She will yeah. not now be a pastor in fountain? No. So you need to get your priorities right. And you cannot now rush to find man. Because that would be another mistake if you now go and find the man instead of allowing the man to find you. Mm. No. So don't, don't do it. Don't say, let me go and put myself out there. Out in where you know they go before you go, bring go out. Cleave where you know they show before you go, bring the show. Just to find husband. Don't do it. Trust God. Keep going to the hospital to get the best result. And wait, everybody that is rushing for you to have baby should just be calm. Because you cannot go and marry somebody and then be crying inside the marriage. It doesn't make any sense. And if the pressure is coming from your own self, listen. If you marry at 35, you marry at 40, but you marry the correct person, 
you enjoy yourself. Yeah. And even if you are married for 50 years, it's nothing compared to eternity where there's no marriage. So wait in, oh. wait in. If you marry for 100 years, self, eternity is like infinity times longer than 100 years and you will not be married to that person. Your children will not. I hope you know that this thing that we call my children, they are not yours. My husband, he's not yours. My wife, she's not yours. They are actually God's. God, you'll borrow you. And one day the owner will say, I'll give my thing. Yeah. So don't feel entitled to children. Children is just one way to replenish the earth. Yes, mm. God desires godly seed because godly seed is a strategy. Wow. But that's just one way to replenish the earth. Your marriage is a dominion mandate. And yeah. there are other ways to have dominion without children. Otherwise, Mother Teresa will never have had dominion. Mm. So put things in eternal perspective. That's the way to live your life as a Christian. Put things in eternal perspective. This nine to five, where they do? This business, where they do? This hustle, where they hustle? This jackpot, where I want jackpot? In this grand scheme of eternity, what's the kingdom quotient in it? Yeah. And if there's on. no kingdom quotient in it, don't do it. Don't. Don't do it. All right, we take the last question. Um, Hello. Um, Sorry, this is the first church, by the way, I'm coming to, that men are asking relationship questions. So please celebrate them. Your husbands, ladies. <laughs> um, um, my brother there asked a question, Charlie, but he answered it based on those who are single. Now, as a married mm. person, I want you to answer the question like, now, okay, mm. you're married already, you're in it. And maybe when you were cutting or before you got married, your partner happens to be in the same field with you. Mm -hmm. I'm talking of job. And you actually have a vision, like somewhere you're going to in your career. And um, yeah, seeing her in the same field with you, you believe that you two can actually work together to achieve something big. And maybe after the wedding, and it's like the picture changed for her. She's seen herself as a girl wife. You know what ladies, what? I want to become a girl wife. And you, are really, you really need this person to fill in a particular vacuum for you that yeah. you can only trust your partner to do for you. How do you convince a woman Sorry, what do you mean? Okay, go ahead. To be that person. It's not like I'm putting my car. We both are in the same field. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm putting you, I'm dragging you from somewhere else into mm -hmm. my field. Mm -hmm. But now it's like you're seeing yourself as something or you want to be this madam, maybe of the shop or maybe something. Oh, okay. So the so person is not fitting... Is sufficient to fit into the picture that you have in mind you for have in them. Mind for them, or for which yourself. you had discussed before. Yes. Had you discussed before? Yeah. Yes, I have. Even before the marriage. Okay, and she was game. Uh, she was not fully game. Mm -hmm. She was partially game. But this is your field. This is my field. Mm -hmm. We can both work on this thing. And you've been pursuing like that. But these days, like you know, ladies don't like stress. And once it's stress and nibbling, I don't mm. know. But how do you convince your partner that, hey, this is what I want. And this is how we can really grow. You know about benefits it. We know about it. We're both trained on it. So how mm. do you... You can go ahead first, huh? Make <laughs> I spare your answer. <laughs> All right. So, I, well, I think it's time from what you said about uh, um, the communication wasn't... Mm -hmm. You know, maybe solid. solid enough. Maybe the person didn't really get what you meant or you meant something, they had something else in mind, right? 
And that's the essence of communication. If you're going to communicate in a relationship or marriage, it has to be clear. And there has to be, you know, the communication process is not complete until, you know, they say there is encoder, there is decoder, all right, and there is feedback. Mm. So there has to be that, the message is being encoded, you know, they decode it the way you have encoded it, and then you have a feedback. So I think what happened in your case was that there was no feedback. So it was all based on assumption. For example, now, I knew I was going to do ministry like the way we are doing it now, and I communicated that to my wife, and then even though at the time she was not really 100% game, but she said, you know what, I'm going to support you. So I may not be like 100% involved like she is right now, but from the beginning, right? But that support element was there. So I think it is, is a communication thing. You may need to now recommunicate, you know, and then cast the vision afresh and let them see, you know, what they stand to gain, what is the need for them. And, you know, once people can see what is the need for them, you know, I, I think they will oblige. It's just a matter of time. And don't force it. And that's one thing, one mistake that men make. They try to, when, when we started dating, my wife doesn't read books. And then, you know, I was trying to, you know, I gave this, some guys are like, some men are like that, who are very intellectual, you know, and you feel like your babe is not, you know, like you and all that. You give her book, you give, I, I give her Ken Hagen book. And she's saying, say, okay, I don't need Ken Hagen. You know, I just need to even find out what kind of author she would like, you know, and though she likes Joyce Mayer, you know, she likes simple, not Greek word, you know, not all of those things. Yeah, so I think it's just a thing of communication. You have to recast the vision again, but this time, just leave her. You understand? And let her just, you know, begin to be on her own. You can begin to pray for her. And of course, you have to recast the vision again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was really, really brilliant. And I think the angle of patience is also very important. You said that word that I use, um, transformation, um, that you need to follow and allow God to make you. My pastor was the one that taught me this as well at first. Transformation is formation as you go. Trans, as in transport, then formation, as in forming. So you become as you go, right? Yeah. That's how it works as a believer. So you don't know everything about Christ now. You're not, you're not, you've not fully stopped lying. You've not fully stopped, say, having sex before marriage. You've not fully, but as you are following him, you are changing. So like he said, keep painting the picture. Keep loving her. Don't keep insisting on your own way. Feed her. There's something about women. We are very responsive. That's the truth. If you're loving us the way we want to be loved, not the way you think we should be loved, and you're filling our emotional tank consistently and also painting the vision at the same time, we will, we will change, we will become, as long as, like he said, we can see what's in it for us. Um, speak our language. Uh, there's a video I want to record. Um, when a woman comes to a man, for example, and says, oh, baby, you're not coming to bed at night. And the man is saying, can't you see I'm walking? I'm working two jobs. I'm doing a business by the side. You can see it's for the family. I must, like he was saying, I want my children to have better than we did. Let, we want them to go to the best of schools. I said, that one you are saying. She doesn't understand it. <laughs> Is it at all for me? She doesn't understand it. You're even now making her feel bad for feeling yeah. bad that you're not spending time yeah. with her. Right. And mm -hmm. she married you, not this job. Mm -hmm. Is a man she wants. It's yeah. the cuddle she wants. Mm -hmm. It's the relationship she wants. So... Yeah. You saying that, you're also telling her, she be you know, get sense, me. 
Don't you know that I have to work? So you're insulting me on top of the bad that I'm feeling. Yeah. So what you need to say to her is, oh, babe, I miss you too. Mm. Man, can you hear me? Yeah. Babe, I miss... No, not babe, I beg go. I beg go. So the, the body of I Christ will not... You know. This is not my babe. My babe did Temple Street and Tony Lagos. Hallelujah. Right <laughs> Just so we are clear. I don't forget what they talk now. Right? Babe. So when you say, babe, I miss you too. I miss you too. Don't worry. This is just for a season. I know. I know. I'm sorry. It's just for a season. Once this contract is over, I got you. I've already booked tickets. I didn't want to tell you before, but I booked tickets. Don't worry. That too, that place you've been eyeing, don't worry. We are going to go there. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that everything's going to be. And don't worry. The children will be with grandma. Don't worry. Okay. Saturdays. Okay. Maybe from 10 to 12. I won't go to work that early. 10 to 12. Me and you. That movie. We'll complete it. She'll now be like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. You've, you've given her what she needs. Yeah. What she wants is not really for you to stop working. What she wants for you is also for you to involve her in your life. So don't just say, this thing, let's do it, let's do it. No. Fill her tank first. Show her how she fits into it. Then give it time. Amen. Come on now. You're free to leave. Let's give her a big hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. We're glad you're part of our community now and trust you are blessed by today's message. Please subscribe to the Show or Shibetsu podcast, like and share as well. You can also find Pastor Show on Instagram at Show or Shibetsu or at Grace Made NG.